1: Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. And get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses this week, so download Jock Market in the app or play stores, or check out Jock Market, J O C K M K T dot com, and use the code Grinders for a one hundred percent deposit match up to fifty dollars on your first deposit. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, joined by the man behind the dials, the the numbers. The, the scripts that are running incessantly and forever <laughs> on your computer. It is uh, Stuart Gibson from advanced sports analytics. Uh, you, you've been having a problem with your scripts. Uh, the, do, do we know all the quarterbacks that are starting this week? We have a bunch of. Yeah. Teams.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I think, I, I think we've got that <laughs> dialed in correctly. Um, yeah. And just rerunning through some uh, simulation scripts. And uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 it's usually kind of a long runtime process. So I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I have too many applications open and it's running, uh, particularly slow today, or if there's, um, I don't know, some, some, some deeper issue in there that I need to look at after the show, but, um, yeah, hopefully we can get that through, uh, kind of as, as the show unfolds and, uh, you know, have some fresh data to look at, but uh, we'll, we'll but work. You have, off to, you have, have run that now. on
1: Saturdays for like if there's n- new news, questionable stuff. I mean, I mean, it's it's something that it, it's not like you run it once and then uh, you know on Wednesday, like a lot of people look at look at our projections at Roto Grinders on like a Wednesday in our ownership, and it's like like this is this isn't. I mean, like you look at the injury report, you know, some quarterbacks may not be playing. You see the line movement, and uh, that's why the closer it is. Like you you, I mean, truthfully, Stuart, I mean, the probably the most accurate uh time is like after inactives on Sunday. Uh, but I'm I'm assuming that that your 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 scripts like as long it, the the inactives on Sunday may not like a lot of times probably don't matter that much. They only marginally. Oh, this this the backup offensive lineman is out. Like does like does that affect like much of what you do those simulations
2: yeah not so much um yeah i mean the script's usually like a a kind of like a 20 minute type thing and i i feel like now we're probably going on 40 minutes which uh, is is a bit concerning but yeah i mean it it usually sets up well where you can like run something kind of do uh final processing uh after inactives you know giving it maybe 15 minutes just in case there's any kind of late stuff that trickles through um Yeah. I mean, usually like offensive line type stuff uh, doesn't, uh, you know, have any impact unless it has like a a palpable impact on, I guess, the the spread or game total, um, something like that. How how about
1: stuff that wouldn't affect the game total? like, we, we often see, uh, well often enough see like, especially in running back committee type of teams where it's like, Oh, we're expecting a three, a three-way timeshare. And then it's like, Oh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is an active right like like what that third running back which means like you may have originally gave them like a you know 10% snap share and a you know 6% target share and now you have to kind of like divvy that out to either the running backs that exist or you know in some fashion so if anything I think like that the skill position players for in that time period married more than than like kind of like def- defensive matchups and offensive line?
2: Yeah, no, of course. I mean, what, what you're talking about is kind of uh, reallocating uh, kind of manual edit, what, what we do manually, um, or at least initiate through an automated program, but, you know, manually tweak and fine tune. Uh, yeah, you know, you put following in actives or news around uh, time shares or kind of roll or, or pitch counts. You know, sometimes you hear of kind of guys come back from injury and being on some sort of snap count or limited role. Uh, Yeah, following that, making kind of final adjustments and tweaks as as warranted, and then rerunning that back through, uh, you know, a a fantasy point projection uh, process. And then with that, uh, rerunning ownership projections. And then once you rerun ownership projections, uh, rerunning the uh, kind of range of outcomes projected from a fantasy standpoint and the uh, simulation of kind of field lineups that could be put together running that all through a a simulation taking random polls from uh, players range of outcomes uh core essentially doing polls that are correlated so like finding we 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 try to find a uh like key players and in in theory you know the the kind of higher higher projected players should have kind of more weight on Uh, the likelihood of dictating kind of the game flow or kind of the correlates associated with them. So like, for example, you know, Dak Prescott and say Cedric Wilson uh, have some latent correlation. That being said more times than not, the performance of Dak Prescott is going to dictate kind of the correlated outcome of Cedric Wilson, as opposed to the outcome of Cedric Wilson dictating the kind of correlated outcome of Dak Prescott. So running through that, iterating through that, uh, you know, about a thousand times, uh, it kind of adds up and, you know, ends up taking a while. Um, not sure why it's running particularly slow today. Like I said, maybe too many applications open or, uh, I don't know, haven't restarted my computer in a while, something like that. But, um, yeah. But but even though it
1: it hasn't finished yet, even though it hasn't finished yet, uh, we have an 11 game slate, uh, three, three totals that are 50 plus. So a little bit, a little bit better totals this week than last week. Uh, what, what game, I mean, uh, instead of covering it like game by game, we'll be skipping around a bit. What, what game as a whole would you consider to be the top target on this line?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Buffalo's going to be quite popular. Uh, you know, Josh Allen projects as an exceptionally strong quarterback play. Um, could see like guys like Cole Beasley getting on ownership. Um, it it does kind of seem like, like running backs are going to dictate a a good bit of, uh, I guess, like, not that people kind of stack around running backs, but it, it, you know, we have a few like kind of eye popping running back values that I think are gonna, uh, you know, soak up a good bit of ownership. But I don't know, in general, it does kind of seem like from the pass catchers, fairly spread out, like we don't have, uh, we're not seeing like, uh, you know, the, the massive kind of Cooper Cup ownership. Um, it, it, it does seem a bit spread out, but I, I would see Buffalo being a, as kind of one of the uh, high target spots. Uh, obviously, they have, you know, the, the great uh, implied total uh, pass heavy team. Uh, the the you know, spread is, is quite skewed, but I feel like Buffalo is one of those teams that people don't really get uh, super scared away by. So I, I would guess that that will be kind of one of the um, chalkier builds, like something like Allen Diggs, Beasley. Um, yeah. What about you? Is that how, how you see it playing out?
1: Well, I mean, I see that the general gist of the slate is that we have a lot of a high implied team totals, but a lot of large spread games. So I'm to me, I'm going to be much more focused on what, And if I do run backs in lineups, so like I may be much less inclined to force a guy like Corey Davis or Michael Carter into a bill stack, like just do Allen Diggs, Beasley and move on with my life. Uh, But in the bit for the bills, uh, I don't have the bills as highly as, as other teams. Uh, Ryan, uh, no Ryan uh, Dawson Knox is, uh, is back. Uh, we we still don't know the status of Zach Moss. He's questionable, uh, which will make Devin Singletary a little bit better of a play. I I just think that that I like Josh Allen, but Diggs has not shown able to maintain that seven point five k type of price tag. It Seems like the Bills spread the ball around much more than than people may think. You know, when we get a Gabe Davis touchdown. You know, every once in a while we got Sanders there. It was 5700 a bit overpriced for the slate. Yeah, I think Beasley's going to be popular at 5200. But the ceiling of this the the Buffalo team, it's it feels like I should want a jet on this lineup, but the Jets don't even project all that well either. Like to me it's it if people play this it's most likely going to be Allen, Diggs, Beasley, but I I I almost feel like there's more ways for that stack to fail because of Diggs's price than than it's Buffalo's fault. Like you, do I want to play Beasley plus Sanders? No, because I think Sanders route should be like forty eight hundred and not fifty seven hundred. And then Dawson Knox, I think, is overpriced at tight end. So it comes down to like I like the Bills. It's just that I think the total pricing of of this Bill stack, even without the runback, makes it that they almost need they almost have a higher threshold of being in the winning Gpp large field type of lineup because I you need Diggs to put up thirty points. You need Beasley twenty. you need allen to put up thirty five to forty. and I could see allen putting up thirty five to forty, and like no one that's on the team like is necessary, right? You may get a Beasley eighteen. You get Emmanuel sanders Sanders sixteen. you get Diggs with twenty two. And then you're sitting there going, Well, Allen's the top quarterback on the slate by points, but really did I need to have any of these other receivers? I'm not sure about that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's also kind of a weird week with none of the premier tight ends on the slate. Like that tends, that can be a way that uh, kind of popular stacks emerge just tight end regularly is kind of like a keystone type position. And, uh, you know, naturally when there are kind of tight ends that are emerging as, supreme value or tight ends in you know, great kind of game environments. Like, you know, we frequently see with like Andrews or Kelsey or Waller, but, you know, with none of these guys on the slate, like it is a little bit of a, um, I'd say a very kind of uh, an unclear murky positional group. And uh, I think it's going to be difficult to kind of get um, very uh, comfortable stacks that, that rely heavily on like the tight end, uh, as kind of a deployed stack piece, um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, we have stuff as of now coming in fairly, fairly flat uh, as far as ownership, uh, aside aside from that running back position. Uh, well, the the highest implied team total
1: team on the slate is the Dallas Cowboys. That's the highest total game on the slate currently, fifty five total. Uh, Cowboys favored by nine and a half, even after their horrible performance last week. Uh, Thirty two. And a half implied team total for the Cowboys 22 and a half for the Falcons uh looking at this game ownership wise I mean Zeke's gonna be in the 20s probably uh Mari Cooper is still there 6200 uh we we may get we may get Michael Gallup back in the Dallas uh receiving core at 4,000, which obviously now spreads out kind of you know targets a little bit wider than has been the past couple of weeks uh that that projected very well but i mean it's the highest team total slate what are your thoughts on this game i'm the weird thing about this game is that i'm interested in both the passing and the running game uh we're gonna have a situation at running back that we're gonna have like i think we're gonna have two or three really chalky running backs but we're also going to have like six to eight running backs that also project. Well, that aren't those three. And I'm looking to me on this slate to take advantage of that. It's weird to say that I'm we'll get to Dearness Johnson, maybe not him, but we'll have Najee Harris. We have James Connor. Like I want to find a way. Can I play stacks in a way where I could get the pivots at running back and less so at wide receiver. So I think the wide receiver ownership is being much more spread out. So like, I like Zeke in this game, but I don't like Zeke with any, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do a Dak Zeke Cooper. I, I just don't see Dak hitting a ceiling if Zeke has 30 points and vice versa. So like, I have no problem playing the other side of this game and doing something like Ryan, Gage, Pitts, Elliott. But if I don't play Elian in this game, I'd much rather take the Cowboys side passing wise. So like, I'm not a big fan of the Ryan side and then using Cooper or Lamb. Like, I feel as if, like, if this, this game shoots out passing wise, Dak has a way higher ceiling than Matt Ryan. But if the Cowboys control the game and Zeke has 100 yards and two touchdowns, that Dak fails... But Ryan could still throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I I I do uh, agree with you. I, I do like that the kind of the Dallas passing side. I, I kind of struggle though with what like Amari stands out. I think is just a great value who should get a good bit of ownership. Uh, you know, probably the most owned pass catcher. Uh, not, I'm kind of excluding Zeke as a pass catcher, even though of course he will get some passes. Right. Uh, but but I you know I I, I get a little unsure of what to do uh after that like i think lamb just just with the price and i don't think you're going to get a huge ownership discount uh on him versus cooper like uh, we have, we have my, him
1: drastically different we have him we've oh, seen i'm currently at like three percent on because he's seven k
2: okay we 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 have a slightly higher ownership on him but at, i mean yeah at three percent I, I think he would be a a very compelling play there um if you're uh, concerned that the ownership might be higher you know I, I think just given his price there is like some ownership sensitivity there um, Dalton Schultz is a uh, you know he's not I would say would not not price super uh, super desirably as it you know five five thousand for uh, Schultz with Gallup back in the mix seems uh, quite tough but I, I think will be uh, one of the lower owned pieces in the, the Dallas uh receiving core. So, so that might be like a kind of pay up to get contrarian uh, spot I, I might look towards. Um, and then on the Atlanta side, we've got, you know, uh, Patterson is going to be fairly owned, but we, we still have kind of good uh, simulation scores on him. Uh, he's showing up as kind of a plus EV play, uh, even at the ownership level that he's at. Um, so I do wonder if kind of like a, the, the, uh, spread obviously doesn't suggest a, uh, kind of Atlanta winning game script, but, uh, do wonder with, with kind of high projected ownership on Zeke, if maybe a different way to play, it would be Dallas passing, uh, Atlanta skewing a bit more run heavy than anticipated. And, uh, you know, using, uh, you know, Patterson running and also of course, kind of the, the pass catching floor that, uh, uh, he, he he has just given the role that he's in with Atlanta right well, my, now. My
1: problem with that is that uh, my as like from a from a intuitive sense, if the Falcons are controlling the game on the ground, the whole game fails. Like I could see, I could see get Dallas controlling the game on the ground and the game still not failing. But I think if if Mike Davis if, if Mike Davis has 15 touches, yeah, Dak didn't bad. get there and Cooper didn't get. I mean, like this game ends up being 17 to 10, you know, like that type of, like, I, I just, I just don't see it that in that case, that's like Patterson to me. Patterson's not a running back. Patterson is a, is a gadget. uh a full service kind of X wing type of player that if, if he's doing well, that means he did, did well on two big plays. So it's like I'm not using the running back. I'm not saying that like a oh, Patterson's grounded twenty for one twenty four, and like he's not that type of guy.
2: Yeah, that's true. I guess he doesn't get deployed as a traditional running back. Um, you would you would think though then that like you know still a kind of like you said a passing oriented shootout would fare Patterson fairly could you know he he could succeed. Uh, in that type of game environment but, but,
1: you under, but you understand what I'm saying that if it's a passing type shootout I'd much rather have Dak as the head of the stack than Ryan like I, I don't mind Dak plus Cooper plus Galloper Lamb plus Cordell Patterson as the mm-hmm. run back because it's not the it's not him running the ball but all, all I'm saying is that that on the Zeke if I have Zeke then I don't mind Ryan and I don't want Dak and Zeke together so like that's like if it's going to be a passing shootout, like Dak's going to outscore Matt Ryan. So I'm going to build from the Dak side. So that's really the main the main point there. It's not the other pieces. Is that like, do I play Dak? Do I play Zeke? And if I play Zeke, then I have the option now of playing a Ryan, the Ryan side of the game or I have the option of playing, no, I just play Zeke as a one-off and just move on with my life.
2: Yeah. Um, I Man, I, I do... Where, like, if Zeke is having, like, a big, you know, 20-plus 20, 20 carry game, do you think – I mean, he would just have to break off some big runs and just, the, like, you know, Dallas would have to move fairly quickly for, you know, Ryan to have kind of a – unless unless he's, I guess, just getting touchdowns to cap off fairly quick uh, Dallas drives, which, of course, is within, you know, the range of possibilities. Right, and um, Zeke, could,
1: Zeke could catch six or seven balls out of the backfield. So if I on a DraftKings PPR – type of site it's like i you know i'm, I'm not looking for 25 carries 106 i'm not looking for a derrick henry line i'm looking for 18 carries 110 yards five catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns and it's like that that's a that's a 30 plus point game right there
2: yeah yeah it does seem like zeke kind of is uh at least uh you know uh recency bias back to last week seems like the the more carries he gets, it's almost like a worse kind of game environment for him. Like he has so many of these games where he just gets like, you know, uh, Dallas just runs him into the offensive line 20 to 25 times. And, um, you know, his really, his truly great games are like not so much fewer carries, but just more of a like pass oriented uh, type role. So, um, yeah. Uh, the third
1: team that have has a 30 plus implied team total are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a 51 total game. The Bucs are on the road favored by nine and a half 30 and a half implied team total for the Bucks, 20 and a half for, uh, the Washington football team. Uh, we don't have a B is out. Gronk is out. Uh, but th- these prices for the, for the, the Buccaneers have come up. I mean, Godwin 7,100 Fournette 6,100. I mean, he's been in that range. Mike Evans is 6,900. I don't have this game projected that well. Uh, but, I mean, it's the Buccaneers. They throw the ball a lot. Brady plus Godwin. I mean, it just it they, Godwin and Evans are getting up to the point where I don't know if you could play them together. Like for their for their ceilings, to spend fourteen thousand combined on two wide receivers. Maybe you play Brady or Howard instead. But I mean, this is one of those things where it's very similar to Josh Allen. I have no qualms about using Tom Brady in this spot. I just have problems with is the is the double stack necessary? Should I be playing just him single stacked? Should should I play him with should I play Brady Fournette, Godwin something like that? And I'm more, I'm also concerned about the the run back on the other side because I mean the obvious one is McLaurin, but he's 7600 like the this this game stack as a whole like adds up pretty pretty expensive I mean like because how does this turn into a shootout without Terry McLaurin having 150 t- you know like, like he's the obvious guy but I mean he's I mean you you know you're not playing Devontae Adams in that lineup as a one-off you're not you ain't, you ain't getting Najee Harris into that lineup if you're doing that so is is the run back here for the for the Washington football team like worth it and if that's not worth it is the game worth it
2: Yeah, I mean, we are approaching kind of, I feel like uh, two years ago, we kind of were converging to where Metcalf Metcalf and Lockett became uh, palatable at the price they're at and then just got to the point where you just couldn't play them together on account of, you know, just being so expensive. And, yeah, certainly we are converging towards that with some of these uh, Tampa Bay receivers. And, you know, the DraftKings can get out ahead of the uh, Brown and Gronkowski, you know, injury to kind of have pricing bake that in uh, such that I I do agree with you. It is a bit tough to consider them as a pair. Um, I think it's certainly a fine spot to go, you know, just single stack, like Brady and Godwin, uh, their, their, their prices up, but you know, the ceiling, uh, is quite high with both these guys. Uh, you're not going to get them at, at huge, huge ownership, uh, on account of that efficient price. um, And then on the bring back side, I mean, be interested to see like if Logan Thomas is uh, activated for the game, I think he could be uh, an interesting bring back and kind of fill that tight end uh, position that, you know, you you have to fill, be great to get it with someone who's mildly correlated to uh, the core stack that you're building around. Um, You know, McKissick in these spots has has kind of uh, put up high scores just on his uh, receiving value I think that could be a spot to look um, but yeah I mean I'm certainly I I typically like kind of the, the Tampa Bay side they just don't quite get the ownership that that they warrant't and um, you know I think just they, they skew so pass heavy uh, it's a team that I don't think you know we should ever be afraid of in terms of uh, game script you know forcing them to go run heavy or anything I mean it, it, with with Brady and Arians, they're, they're just airing it out kind of independent of the, the score competitiveness of the game. So I think a spot I'd, I'd be interested in looking at for sure.
1: Uh, is there another game that you would consider to be a plus as far as your uh, projections and simulations?
2: Yeah, so I think one where um, there's going to be heavy ownership on the running back and the game script, I guess kind of scripts out as uh, likely to be run heavy, but I think they're... Uh, it's going to be not not low but but certainly uh suppressed ownership on the passing attack is uh indianapolis versus jacksonville um you know the, the the natural game flow i think projects as super run heavy for jonathan taylor um but if jacksonville is able to keep it competitive uh you know i am intrigued by like carson witt's uh pitman stacks uh don't have though. Not not totally sure what to do on the other side with uh, Jacksonville. Like Dan Arnold seems fine from a value standpoint, but will probably be one of the more, if not the most, owned tight ends. Um, it could be could be a spot where you leave kind of bring backs alone and just go with. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the 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 thesis is kind of around Jacksonville being able to push the game. Uh, for, for, for Winston Pittman to have a successful game, you have to imagine that Jacksonville is going to put up some, uh, some resistance and s- some, some scoring, I guess, to kind of keep the game competitive. Uh, so it would feel like you would kind of have to bring back a, a Jacksonville guy. Um, yeah, so that, that would be one spot I would look to as kind of an underowned uh, sleeper stack, if you will.
1: Oh, I, th- I, th- I, I, it's weird. I view it the complete opposite way. I think that's going to be overowned. Okay. I think Taylor I think Taylor's gonna be 20 plus. I think Pittman's gonna be 20 plus. I think Wentz is gonna be you know I, I to me this this, this this is the complete opposite I have the complete opposite mentality to you that I think this game is over owned The total has gone down from 51 to 47 and a half. to me, my plus game uh it, this game has come up five points since open. It is the the Vikings at the Chargers. uh it's only a three and a half point spread. Uh, the Chargers are a home favorite, uh, but I like this in a in a different way. Uh, I consider this to be a high variance game. This is a game that could be really quick or really slow. Uh, the obvious side of the game is the Chargers. You stack up Herbert with Allen and Cook. You could even pair Herbert with Eckler because he catches enough balls to do so i just don't i don't think the vikings uh receivers are gonna be owned like i i just i i, I don't i mean we have like jefferson and thielen that like what two three percent or something i mean cook may be owned but like once you like if you're gonna play a stack of this uh spend i want to play i want to pay cheap running backs like that's my, that's my common build to begin with. I'd rather pay down at running back than up at running back for GPPs. So if I'm going to use an expensive running back, it's either going to be in conjunction with a stack or it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, basically it's in conjunction with a stack or not use them. So like Dalvin Cook is just 100 more than Najee Harris. So, but I don't, I don't think I get enough leverage by just going, I'm going to play the same lineup and just play Cook instead of Harris. But Cook inside of a Herbert plus Allen type of lineup, I could do. But what I like a lot more is can I instead of paying 8K for a running back, why can't I play Herbert plus Allen plus Cook plus Thielen or Jefferson? And then I could play some 5k level running backs and still have still have a good enough lineup where I'm not spending so much money in one game. And we do have the Chargers ownership. You know fairly high, so it's not like they're they're under the radar, but they're about they're going to be about the same owned as the Colts, I think. So I think Taylor and Pittman will be similarly owned to Eckler and Allen, and I think the ceiling of this game is much higher than the Colts game against the Jaguars.
2: Yeah, no, that um, that makes sense. We we have I think a like a divergence in ownership on some of the. Uh, Indianapolis passing uh pieces. So if I'm looking at y'all's ownership and y'all are projecting Wentz to be very highly owned. Um at 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 the ownership I'm kind of seeing uh for you guys, yeah. I mean double double digit wentz ownership, uh I think would be would be tough to eat. Um
1: right. So you see from my perspective, I don't know if that's how it shakes out, but I I mean if if you if you had the choice between like Indianapolis and 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 the Chargers, like I think the, I think Herbert and the chargers have a much higher ceiling. Yeah. if, if the ownership was that way, if you tell me that wins, if that the culture half is owned as the chargers, then, then I'm with you. So I'm yeah. the, the stuff that I'm looking at, is like, it seems like they're, it's going to be about the same. And I just, I just see that this game is much more competitive on both sides of the ball than having to rely on, on the Jaguars to make it competitive enough that they're not just feeding Jonathan Taylor, and Naeem hinds the ball 32 times this game.
2: Yeah, um, no, th- that makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, if the if uh, Jacksonville is not able to keep it competitive, uh, Indianapolis is one of those teams that I think can, uh, you know, get get pretty run focused and, uh, you know, just really suck the life out of a game. Um, I do have one more plus um, looking towards the uh, the the later the later session uh, you know, with the, with the return of Russell Wilson, I, I see that as being uh, you know Seattle being a really compelling spot. I don't see uh, many of these Seattle guys getting a ton of ownership. Like, you know, I guess Metcalf will generate like some, but I mean, I don't not, not to any degree that um, you know, I would be wildly concerned. And, you know, we, we know that this Seattle offense is one that can go, um, and I just think it has some really natural bring back opportunities, uh, expect the game in, in Vegas projects the game to be fairly competitive. Uh, you could go, obviously Adams is kind of the, the conventional bring back, but, you know, even like bring back Aaron Jones, uh, I think could be, could be a route to go. And, uh, you know, you just, just look for like a Wilson plus Metcalf or Wilson plus Lockett stack, uh, bring back with kind of that assuming Aaron Rodgers plays, which, you know, biggest uh, total and spread seems to indicate uh, to me that that seems like a, a good spot uh, to go to that. So I have them kind of tabbed as uh, one of my, one of my plus teams uh, on the slate.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you that, that I was going to point that out. Also, uh, Devontae Adams is probably going to be the most owned wide receiver on the slate, but he's most likely going to be owned as a one-off. So in order to, to mitigate that, I think, Playing Wilson plus one of Metcalf or Lockett plus Gerald Everett at twenty six hundred a tight end because if Wilson's going to be the top scoring quarterback, he's throwing for four or five touchdowns. It's going to be one of those classic Russell Wilson doesn't get the three hundred yard bonus, he only throws twenty eight times, yet you know he's he's twenty three of twenty eight for two hundred and forty yards and four touchdowns type of games. I'm not scared of the Packers defense. Uh, people are going to shy away from playing. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, because, you know, Russell coming back from injury, uh, people would be more inclined to play a Godwin or a Keenan Allen over a DK Metcalf. But you told me DK Metcalf is go seven for 180 and two touchdowns in any game. I'm not, I'm not shocked. And if he's going to come in at eight at to 10% ownership, I, I see no reason why not to take the shot. I think the concern in this game would be that you're dealing with two teams that want to play slow, right? You you need the big play to happen, but the pieces in this game between Adams, Jones, Metcalf, like, there there are big plays baked into this game if they happen. So if they happen, this this game could go way over its total, or it could be obviously this is a one of those high variance games. It could be Chris Carson and Aaron Jones running the ball and AJ Dillon running the ball and seventy percent running plays. And you're sitting there going, I "Can't believe I spent half my salary and half my lineups on this, on this." But I think, comparison to the ownership, I think this is this is a good way to play Devonte Adams in a low owned way. And even if you want to play, if you don't want to stack, why not play Adams with Metcalf or Lockett? Don't don't play Russell Wilson. Don't play Aaron Rodgers. And just say like, if Adams has a big game, maybe Metcalf or Lockett has has a big game, and then you you get. You know, you go for Dak Prescott, you go for Justin Herbert, you go for Josh Allen, you build some other type of lineup instead. But yeah, but, 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 Stuart, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Seattle Packers game. Uh, Can you, do you think you could name, I I mean, you obviously have your own ownership in front of you, uh, a stack that is surprisingly going to go high owned, high or higher owned than you would expect? Like, this is probably the first time this year this quarterback is going to get any significant ownership. Uh, do you know what team that is?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think we're going to agree on this as a as a team to be underweight on. Is it uh, Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct because of Najee Harris's ownership and he
1: catches balls out of the backfield. Deontay Johnson projects well, right? James Washington has been on the field a lot, so like as a cheap wide receiver for thirty five hundred, Pat Fryermuth has shown that. Ben throws to him at the tight end spot at thirty nine hundred. Uh, depends or, depends whether or not Eric Ebron is back. He's questionable, but to me this is like super easy. It's almost too straightforward. Like if anyone plays this game, like it's like Ben plus Deontay plus Fryermuth plus Swift, right? Oh. Or you can play Ben with Najee, or you play Najee with Swift. I mean, like it yeah, it makes it it's more condensed. So yes, it's more attractive. But do you really – do you trust the Steelers' offense, even against the Lions? Do you trust Ben Roethlisberger to put up a big game uh, at this ownership when Deontay Johnson may be the second-highest-owned wide receiver on the entire slate? It feels to me like I, if I do play this game, I'd rather play them as secondary correlations and not play Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, we don't have Ben Roethlisberger as, like, like heavy, heavy – like, we have him at, like, 5 or 6% but most of the season he's been like one or 2%. So like yeah. at that raised, this, this could easily just be an ugly game.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, um, from like a, a game stacking standpoint, uh, you know, for I'm seeing 42 and a half on, on the game total. I mean, it's just a egregiously low game total. I, I'm not sure that there's just enough like projected projectable scoring there to support like a full on, Double stack game stack, uh, you know, type, type uh, lineup build. And it's not like these guys are like super, super cheap. You know, it's not like a 42.5 and like, a, you know, Denver, like Bridgewater, um, you know, cheap like Denver stack or, or something like that. You know, I mean, these are certainly not like the premier priced uh, players at their position, but it's not like, you know, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel with like a, you know, Denver, New England type, um, type build. And uh, yeah, I mean, I also just like, I'm not, not really confident in the Detroit side to be able to keep this game competitive and promote a, uh, you know, an environment where, where uh, Pittsburgh's going to be able to support like two receivers. Um, It it would be a spot that I I prefer to be underweight on, which, uh, you know, not, not, not like xing out, say, say Johnson or Harris or Swift from the player pool, but. Uh, I mean, if you're going to be underweight on a kind of big Ben Pittsburgh stack, I mean, it's essentially, uh, you know, just just not playing, uh, you know, the the, the Pittsburgh stack uh, and, and maybe just looking towards kind of one off uh, secondary correlations. Stuart, lastly,
1: last game I wanted to talk about. This seems like a perfect spot for you. It's, <laughs> a, perf- it's a perfect spot to play the Brown stack when the Johnson is probably going to be the highest owned player on the entire slate with Nick Chubb out and the Johnson being 4,700 Baker Mayfield that, I mean the natural leverage would be to play the passing game. Actually the natural leverage would be to play the Patriots running game as the bring back on a Mayfield stack. Uh, The projections that I have, uh for aggregated across makes that uh unwise decision but from a leverage perspective like if damian harris plays like he's barely going to be owned at 5900 mayfield landry hooper harris is like the ultra direct leverage point because Landry's going to Landry's still going to get ownership myers is going to get some ownership uh I mean, logically it makes like, it makes sense, but like this game has like a 44 total. Like, are these the two teams that are going to be like, you're going to play a GPP and this is going to be the winning, like, even if you get like what I'm saying is that even if the Uranus Johnson has a bad game, right? 14 for 70 with no touchdowns or something like that. Well, that to me, that means that it's quite possible. No one in this game gets there anyway. Like, it's not one of those situations where, oh, the Browns are down by three touchdowns, so they're just chucking the ball all the time. The Browns aren't that type of team to begin with. And the Patriots have Mac Jones, and they run the ball a lot. So Patriots aren't the type of team, unless they're playing the Jets. Even even when they played the Jets, it was all rushing touchdowns. Do you see that? Is is the leverage even worth doing? Do you think the ceiling's high enough for the Browns to just like, I'm going to pivot off of Johnson. I'm going to play the Browns passing game. It sounds like something that because you're you're you it's the Brown, <laughs> right? Uh, that it sounds like it sounds a, like a logical move, but from a numbers perspective, there's it's an 11 game slate. And is this going to be the game because you need both Johnson to fail and the game to succeed? It almost feels like if I were to do that, I might as well just play Johnson in the lineup to begin.
2: Yeah, it's like I, I we have positive scores on, on both the quarterbacks. I, I get a little lost with what to do though at the skill position, you know, outside of uh, Landry and Myers, like there's just not a single one of these pass catchers that I have uh, any sort of confidence in, uh, you know, maybe like you mentioned Hooper. I mean, I think like uh you know in joku dpj would but but they they just they really don't project well like um uh, aside from from landry and myers like it's really a terribly projecting game from a uh skill position standpoint and also Um, and
1: also do it with landry and myers they may project well from a median standpoint but their ceiling ranges are not, not they're not the best of they're, these aren't big plays. You don't. Landry isn't you know catching eighty yard bombs, and Myers like only catches two part conversions in the end zone. So like <laughs> yeah, so like like yeah, they they seem like it almost seems like the three main pieces of this game: Johnson, Landry, and Myers are like these are the cash these are cash game type of plays. And I I just like oh, I'm just gonna Jacoby Myers one off. He's gonna get there with 32 points. Like that's really not within his range of outcomes. Like that's in his like upper five percent, but not his upper twenty percent.
2: Yeah. Um, so you're not yeah, going to no,
1: you're not you're not going to go. You're not going to do the Mayfield stack.
2: Uh, no, I, I think not. Not um, not showing as of now as a kind of uh, stack to to prioritize. Uh, you know, an under under own stack to prioritize. So uh, as as it sits right now, you know, I don't know if I can get this freaking script to run through. Uh, it's not done maybe, yet?
1: It's not even funny. I
2: no, I, I restarted it. There's some sort of there's some sort of glitch or something. So I've I've restarted it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Maybe 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 uh, upon rerunning it. But no, I don't I don't think enough has changed uh, with with the whole Cleveland setup to, to really uh, expect much movement uh, as of now. Um, so yeah, the, the, that's not not a not a spot I have uh, highlighted. Um, I mean, I do find it, though, more compelling than, say, this, this pit detroit uh, game. Like, you know, it's just uh, you're going to get less ownership and it's slightly higher total. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the total is also like we've had weeks as of late where 44 or 45-5 feels like it could be palatable when, you know, essentially all the games are 49 or lower. But we're kind of back to this uh, slate where we have a few, uh, you know, heavy hitting games uh the the, you know these kind of 46 and below or and not even to set like an arbitrary cutoff or anything but uh some of these lower tier uh game totals become become less appealing when there's uh you know this mix of kind of high total games to uh choose from
1: right when the browns have an implied team total of 21 and a half we were talking about teams that have implied team totals that are more than a touchdown over that like why what why where's the ceiling it's like i i under i understand i understand the 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 strategic logic but i don't think i don't think it's in the game stack if you're gonna how do i get leverage up of ernest johnson well then just play another brown or just like just do but don't stack the game i'm gonna say this and that's gonna be the game that goes 43 to 28 right it's yeah. the way it always is uh but once your script is done stewart I'm assuming the information that comes out of it will be in your substack.
2: Yeah, that is that's the end goal there to to get that to run through and you know to have the uh the data for the substack. So yeah, if uh if we ever get this thing to run through, we uh yeah, we'll be putting out a substack. Uh I feel pretty confident that it should finish before the end of the day. Uh and therefore there will be a substack before the end of the day. But uh if if we run into some unforeseen issues, um yeah, we'll, we'll have it out uh, well in advance of the Sunday kickoff. And, um, yeah, we'll be running through a lot of the same data that is, uh, you know, discussed on, on this show and, uh, you know, talking through, uh, stacks to overweight stacks to underweight and, uh, some deeper stacks to really just consider it all that, that might, you know, be nearly off the radar. Uh, so I encourage you guys to check that out. And, uh, if you just follow our Twitter, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have posts, uh, when that goes live, um, so yeah, I encourage you guys to check that out. If, uh, if you're so inclined, that's at AS analytics, DFS on
1: Twitter, Stewart's at start Gibson on Twitter. I'm at blender HD. And, uh, it, it, if you're playing on, on, uh, FanDuel, make sure you sign up for the DFS OGs league, right? So week 10 contest for FanDuel, if you compete with beer makers, fan head chopper, and notorious. There's a link in the description for that. Like, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, and, uh, and if you're on YouTube and you want to hear the podcast version, you can just sign up and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football podcast feed. Get all the content uh, throughout the course of the week that we put out here at Roto-Grinders. And, uh, and yeah, and rate and review it on iTunes. It will be appreciated. So, uh, so for Stuart Gibson, I'm Jordan Cooper. And that's been another edition of the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on rotogrinders.com.